All right, and it's recording. How you doing, Joseph? Good. How you doing tonight? I'm doing real good. Um, so we're here to talk about the whole armor of God and some spiritual warfare. So do you want to start us off with some prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing us together once again, Lord, another week, another episode of this podcast, Lord, another lesson that, that we can reach out and touch the hearts of people, Lord, and touch the minds and bring about some questions and bring about some answers. Father, we thank you for giving us us, us this opportunity. In your name we praise all and give all the credit and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So before we get started, um, we had some questions from Charles Franklin on Twitter, right? Yes. And so if I can find them, one of them was, how do you think, um, um, how do you think the 12 disciples, or I guess the 11 disciples, because Judas would have been gone, accepted Paul? Um, I honestly, I don't think it went too well. I mean, there was a lot of conflict between Paul and the other disciples. I mean, there's a lot of argument over Jewish tradition. There's a lot of argument over circumcision. There's There was argument over the Gentiles, period, and what the church was supposed to mean. If you go back into church history, um, Paul kind of started something separate from the Church of Jerusalem. The Church of Jerusalem kind of died out and went, and and uh, oh, I can't remember what, what the name of that group was, but Peter and Mary and all those kind of died out with the old Jerusalem church. So I, I don't, I don't think they got along too well at all. This isn't really something that I know very much about, but it, it seems like every time you hear about Paul, you hear about him being with Ananias and making tents and with the tent makers, but like you don't ever hear about him associating with the other disciples. Right. And, and when you do, there's usually an argument involved. Right. right. Um, when, when he was called by the Jerusalem church to come and answer some questions from what he was teaching, Peter had a temper. Paul had a temper, and the Bible doesn't say it, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think they duked it out. I mean, it was a screaming match. There might have been some fists flying. I mean, it, it, was, it was not pretty. I think the book of Acts kind of tones it down for us. I'm trying to find these questions from him. Yeah, I was kind of looking for them, too. Oh, here's another one. Um at what point are you so extreme for God that you're actually going the other way? So All at right. what point are you fighting for God so much to where, and then you go start going the opposite direction to where you're going against God? That uh, That's a very good question. Um, there is a fine line between devout faithfulness and basically cultish activity. I think somebody can... Uh, very much become so absorbed that they begin reading the word of God the wrong way instead of listening to God's interpretation instead of listening to the Holy Spirit in their heart they begin interpreting it on their own in their head um, this week I've posted a couple of questions on Twitter a couple of uh, polls one of them asking if people were afraid of death and the other one asking about the rapture and the wide varying answers I've received is amazing and uh, it really gives you some insight on how different people think differently about the same thing so I think there comes a time when you become so obsessed with scripture that you lose sight of what the mission of God is for you to do it becomes about the petty things should Christians observe the Jewish holidays should we eat kosher foods um, what's more important worrying about uh, who's worshiping on Saturday and who's worshiping on Sunday. And, and it gets to the point where you start running people off. You start sending them in the other direction. They get so tired of hearing you argue and fight and preach and it just cuts people off. And at that point you're doing the exact opposite of the will of God. Why can I not find these? I really like what you said about the when you take the interpretation into your own hands because 
the the Bible very clearly tells us what we should be doing and how we should be serving God. But it's when you start to add your own laws to that, your own rules to that, and your own interpretation that then like all of a sudden you're not following the word of God anymore. He's not working in your life anymore. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, so, you can you you can you can study yourself out of of uh you can study yourself straight out of the will of God as somebody that devotes a lot of time to study in scriptures. I've, I've come close to completely losing sight of what I'm studying for. And I get so obsessed with a piece of scripture and I get so obsessed with learning something. And I veer down a spiritual rabbit hole and I lose sight for a little while and I have to stop and reel myself back in. But I think that can happen to anybody that's passionate about anything. Definitely. Let's see, one question he posed, I remember, was uh, he wondered if the devil was involved in Paul's three days of conversion. And uh, that, was, that was an interesting question. I like your response on that, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so, I mean, we sort of talked about that on the last podcast. So when Paul, for to recap, when Paul first got saved, he was blind and he didn't eat and he didn't drink anything for three days. And then after those three days, Ananias came and put his hands on him by the, and God healed him and made it so that he could see again. But anyway, last, last week we were talking about if during those three weeks or three days, I mean, my bad, if we talked about how close he must have been to God. But I think that he probably was doing quite a bit of wrestling with Satan too because when, when I first got saved and when everybody that I've talked to when they first get, <clears throat> excuse me, when they first get saved, it they they do quite a bit of wrestling with the devil, and it's usually something along the lines of, "Oh, you didn't really get that," or "Why would God want to save somebody like you?" <clears throat> and so, I just think that if somebody like me can get can wrestle with the devil so much, and Satan probably knew how great Paul was going to be, and he probably threw the whole farm at him, saying. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get him on my side, back on my side. And, oh, I'm gonna if I can sow this doubt, then he won't be so great, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, I, I have no doubt, you know. Um, Paul being stricken with blindness for three days, like I I think I mentioned it in the last episode, was uh, not coincidental. You know, Christ spent three days in the tomb, three days in the darkness. Paul spent three days in the darkness, and being completely engulfed in the darkness, I'm quite positive. Satan attacked him, just like what you said. You know, why would why would Jesus save a guy? How how is he supposed to use you? You're a murderer. You're you're you you've pers- you persecuted God. You fought against God. You're a rebel. How 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 is this you? Um, sorry, my daughter okay. yelled something at me. It's one of their birthdays today, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's my uh, middle child. Is my stepson? He uh he turns eleven. Huh. Tell him he's happy at, birthday. Oh well, he's outside playing on his brand new basketball goal right now. <laughs> Very good. Um, train of thoughts. Gotta get back on the rails. So um, what Paul went through actually fighting against the devil because then the Bible doesn't tell us he did, but you know he did, and and, and any rational thinking person because we've all struggled against Satan. We've all struggled with the thoughts that he's put into our head. And, and what happened to Paul in his three days just leads perfectly into what we're talking about tonight. Which oh, is definitely. Spiritual warfare. Yeah, so we've all struggled with the devil, and we're about to be talking about spiritual warfare, which is exactly struggling with the devil. So with that being said, do you want to get into this then? Let's go. All right. So um, really, I don't have a giant summary like before when we've done the, the based on the people, I could su- kind of summarize their lives. But what I'm just going to do is I'm going to read out of Ephesians chapter six and it's verse 10 through um, 17. And so I'm just going to read that and that kind of is the gist of it. So it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then I, that's 17, but I said it, but I said I would only go through 17, but I'll read 18 also. And it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. Um, I'll start this out by saying that um, one thing people need to realize is we live in a very spiritual world. Um, I don't care how you want to look at it. You know, you got ghost adventures, ghost hunters, all these shows that's on uh, television. And the Bible tells us that spirits exist with beyond a shadow of a doubt. And not just, uh, not just demons walking the earth. <laughs> Sorry. That's uh, okay. She's in the bath and she's yelling at me. That's um, okay. So, um, first, people need to get a grasp, uh, get their mind on that. And I hear people a lot of times say that I don't believe in ghosts, I don't believe in spirits, I don't believe in this and that. But it's very real, and the Bible tells it's as real. <laughs> Some of you might be able to hear Joseph's uh, kids in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Thank God for kids, right? Hey man, I wouldn't trade them for anything. But um, you know the Bible talks about the spirits. Um, Jesus cast multiple spirits out of the crazy man into the swine. Um, those were demons. But again, we're talking about uh, spirits, and it's still a spiritual form. Whether you're looking at God or Christ or the angels or the demons or Satan himself, it, it's all a spiritual realm. It's a completely different dimension than what we live in, but we're completely surrounded by it and it completely engulfs our life. So I think we have to look at that and accept that as a part of what life is. I mean, being a Christian is a life of spiritual warfare. It's the closer you walk with God, the more you get attacked by Satan. And it's something that people don't like to think about, but it's probably one of the most important things to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ephesians... I just Googled it just now because I'm not very good at memorizing verses, but Ephesians chapter two and verse two refers to, it says, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. And he's referring to Satan there. He calls Satan the, the prince of the air because Satan has complete control over the world right now. Well, Satan has not complete control, but he has control over the world. And God works through us as Christians and us as saved people, but every piece of media that we consume, every everything on TV, every song, everything that we consume and everything that we see around us is under Satan's realm. It's in his control. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, even Jesus went immune to it when he went into the desert to fast for 40 days. You know, Satan came to him three times. Right, exactly. Everything that we see is we're going to be set tempted by, by Satan. And no. so this passage and this putting on the armor is not, it's not something to be taken lightly because Satan is everywhere around us. That's right. I mean, uh, verse 12 in what you read is, is probably one of the most important verses to focus on. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I mean, that sums that sums it all up right there. And that prepares you for learning about the armor of God. And, uh, you know, let, go back to uh, Jesus in the desert. How, what did he use whenever uh, Satan tempt, tried to tempt him? I'm pop quizzing you here. Mm-hmm. Get get behind me, Satan. So he so he used the word. If you if you look every time Satan said, you know, if you bow to me, I will give you this. If you bow to me, I'll give you that. Christ said his 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 opening words in each statement was, "It is written." Oh so yeah. Christ used scripture against Satan, and and this this takes this this is a whole other rabbit hole, but it shows you 
the uh, importance of learning scripture. And you don't have to memorize the, the uh, address in the Bible, if it's Ephesians 6 to 13 or Matthew 4 4, whatever. You just need to know what the word itself says. You know, what, is, what does the armor of God call your sword? Yeah, sword the spirit, is, the word of God. That's right. Our, our weapon is the Bible, it's his word. And yeah, I think you're exactly right. So, you know, um, trying to find a verse I got right down here. I got a couple pages of notes. So if you look at Zach, uh, um, Zechariah 4, 6, is not by, not by might nor power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I have given an authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. So this goes, all these verses are talking about spiritual warfare. Um, when people say, you know, I forget where the verse is. I didn't look it up earlier. I didn't even think about it. But it says you're protected against the bites of serpents. The serpents aren't literal, literally rattlesnakes and copperheads and water moccasins. And I'm from the mountains of North Carolina, and there's some snake handling churches up there, and they're kind of crazy. I've been to one. But they, they take that verse literally. They, Satan is referred to as the serpent. But in other parts of the Bible, the serpent can mean any wicked or evil spirit that you come across. So you're always promised this, uh, this protection against them. Let's see. So let's go. I think we should uh, walk through all the parts of the armor of God and discuss each part. If that's all right with you. Yeah, I'm good with that. So loins good about with truth. So having your loins good about with truth. So obviously the truth that we're talking about here is the truth in Scripture. It's the truth in the Word of God. It's truth in the knowledge of uh, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. The next place is the bre the uh, breast breast plate of righteousness well let's go back so before we go on to the breastplate let's keep talking about the loins good about truth let's just go through each one so what i like to do when i look at this passage is i like to look go back and actually look at the the soldiers of the okay uh joseph has had to step away from the microphone he has some personal business to take care of but what i was about to say is when I look at this armor thing and how these, um, how the, we're supposed to be looking at the armor of God, Joseph, I just kind of kept going. Um, so oh, yeah, please. With the loins girt about with truth, I'm looking at the Roman soldier. So what, in the time that this would have been written, the, the example that Paul was making was of the Roman soldier. And so he's talking about the, the loins girt about with truth. And so these soldiers would wear belts around their waist so that they would, they wore, um, I guess they were called robes, but they were essentially skirts, I think. Uh, and tunic. these belts, yeah, tunic, I guess. And these belts would keep the skirts up off of their ankles so that when they were running, they wouldn't trip over them. And so we're supposed to keep, like that, we're supposed to keep our tunics up so that we can always be ready to run and always be ready to, to go. And so, like, we're supposed to, he's gone again. <laughs> we're supposed to keep our, our tunics up so that we can be ready to run and be ready to give the word of God to somebody. So we use the truth so that we can be, always be ready to give that word. Joseph's handling his business right now. I've said all I need to say about the loins good about the truth. So I'm waiting for him to come back so that we can keep talking. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Had to get her a pull up and everything. Get ready for bed. 
Um, so I completely missed like your last two sentences on that. I apologize. Yeah, I just said that uh, we had to keep our, our loins girded up so that we can be ready to run and be ready to get the word of God. Oh, yeah. Keep that tunic off our legs so that we can always be ready to run and not trip over it. That's right. Absolutely. You know, part of fighting any fight, whether it's physical or spiritual, is being light on your feet, being able to move around quickly to maneuver. Right. So we have the uh, the next one. You're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. And what we're... Uh, looking at there for the breastplate of righteousness is basically how you live your life. You you're, we're supposed to, we're called to live a righteous life. You know, when you're born again, the old creature passes away and a new is born with that new creature. You're supposed to follow the will of God, follow the teachings of Christ. There's many books throughout the Bible. that tells you how a Christian should be living his life. And it's a life of righteousness, a life of godliness because our ultimate goal is to get as close to Christ-likeness as possible. We're his bride. We're supposed to appear before him uh, spotless. We all fail. I failed earlier today. But, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that, that's one area that I could talk for a long time on is the righteousness because I look around the church today and I look around the Christians today and I don't see a lot of righteousness. And I am by no means anywhere close to perfect and righteous. But rather it's, you know, so we'll, we'll go to, uh, I'm going to sidestep for a minute and talk about your temple. Your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, correct? I agree. So Christ says, it's not what goeth in, but what cometh out that defiles the temple. And Christ talked a lot about our thoughts and about our actions. You know, he who lusts after a woman commits adultery with her in her heart. That's a thought. So what what goeth out, not what cometh in, that defiles the temple is the words we speak. You know, the Bible says we will have to make an account for every single word that we speak on Judgment Day. And I've said some bad words. I don't know about you. Oh, for sure I have. So it's, it's something to think about, and it's something I don't think a lot of people think about, and it's something I can, I'm guilty of forgetting in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that breastplate kind of like covers up the things that go on within our body. So Jesus Christ kind of covers that up. Correct. It's it's a protection for your temple. Right, right. And the other thing is going back to that, going back to that uh, Roman soldier idea, right? And that's kind of how I went through all of these is looking at the Roman soldier. But um, the breastplate is covers all of your vital organs. So everything from your neck to your belt is covered with that breastplate right if it was me like if like if somebody's shooting an arrow at me i want to be cut protected by something strong right and we're protected by the breastplate of righteousness which is jesus christ and who better to protect us from the wiles of the devil than jesus christ right and from to protect us from that spiritual warfare that we face every single day than Jesus. You know, part of that uh, living righteousness I was talking about, I don't know if you've ever heard anybody talk about your testimony. Oh, yeah. Things you can do or say that hurts your testimony to others. And and your testimony is basically how you appear to others. But um, not living a righteous life or as righteous as you possibly can leaves you open to those attacks from Satan. It leaves you unguarded because, you know, I can go around and say, you know, do you, when, when, are you are you afraid of dying? Do you, do you know what's going to happen in your eternity? And I can I can try to sit there and guide you through salvation and getting saved, but you know, I just got drunk a couple nights ago. Right. So now the thought is, who is this dude? It's going out partying, getting drunk, and he's going to try to tell me how to live my life and what I need to do with it. Right. So that that is another form of spiritual attack. You you've lost your testimony, and when you lose your testimony, you can't defend against the world right so we need to be very careful with how we how we conduct ourselves how we portray ourselves to the world we do and we're human and if you look at my twitter page i, I, I slip <laughs> up and say some things sometimes and, <laughs> right. and I, I try to catch myself and guard myself i try not to cuss very much in real life or online and right but um 
I have a short fuse and so you know a little prime example my son's getting bullied in Sunday school and then uh, uh, he goes to school at the church too we have an academy same kids involved in both incidents I kind of lost my temper yesterday went up to the school shouldn't have yelled I didn't cuss but I, I, but I, yeah, I, I didn't yell either but I raised my voice you know I was like they're gonna fix this problem and I just went off on that wasn't very Christian of me. It didn't, it, it didn't show a righteous life in me. You know, I, I should approach that much differently, but you know, that's my thing when it comes to my family, you don't mess with my family, my wife, my kids, anything. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm holier than now. Like I probably would have done the same thing and I've flipped out on things for less than that. So yeah, but I understand, but think that's, that's spiritual warfare as well because that's the devil trying to get to you and trying to get to your son and trying to get you to flip out like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anger is both a sin and a tool depending on how it's used. Right. Yeah. I heard a preacher say one time that uh, God uses anger as a tool. So take Sodom and Gomorrah Mm -hmm. completely and God's wrath and anger. And the Bible calls it in his wrath completely decimated the cities. But as soon as he was done, he went back to loving on the other people. You know, go, go to the story of Jonah. He, he went to Nineveh and said, all right, straighten up or I'm going to destroy you. They straightened up and, and he left them alone. He, he helped guide them and he, he actually prospered them after that. Mm-hmm. So anger, the preacher put it this way. He said, God has a toolbox over here. And this toolbox has tools in it. He has love. He has anger. His disappointment he has all these tools he can use. So in the in this case of Sodom and Gomorrah, God went over to his toolbox and he grabbed this hammer of wrath and he struck it. Then he walked back and he put that hammer back in there and left it alone from there. He was back to the God of love that we all know and want to talk about. No one wants to hear about the angry God. But then you have like me going to school and blowing up the principal. Not that was not a tool. That was that was a sinful act. It was, I think in Proverbs would have called me a fool. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing is, I I keep hearing, I heard this one quote one time that, yeah, what would Jesus do? But remember that that sometimes includes making a whip and overthrowing and flipping over the tables in the temple. <laughs> That's right. Like I mean, you're right. It, sometimes it can be a good tool to use, but you're right. We need to keep that under control as well. And don't turn the temple into a house of thieves. Right. <laughs> Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. All right. That goes to studying your Bible. Mm-hmm. That is the preparation of the gospel. And it's, it's as straightforward as that. You know, if you're going to use, if you're going to live a, a, a if you're going to know the truth in your loins and you want to have a breastplate of righteousness, you got to study what the Bible actually says. You know, I think having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel is probably the most important piece of armor that there is. And it's no it's no uh, coincidence that they used preparation of the gospel for your, for the shoes. You know, your feet guide you everywhere. Your feet take you everywhere. Right. Your and feet, if your feet hurt, you don't want to go anymore, do you? That's right. Right. So studying the gospel is what takes you everywhere. It's what guides you or it's what allows you to run and not fall and not stumble. So that one, that one for me is pretty straightforward. I don't don't have any deeper thought on, on that one. Right. The only thing that I have further is, have you ever seen that movie miracle? It's about the 1980 hockey team in the Olympics. Oh yeah. One of my favorite movies. I've seen it about a million times, but one of the quotes that he says in there is the legs feed the wolf gentlemen where he's making them run back and forth between the lines and skate and the conditioning, you know? Yeah. And it's the same idea where the legs feed the wolf. So how are we supposed to eat and how are we supposed to get our food? If we got, if our base is bad, if our feet are, are hurting, that's right. We need to keep our feet in good shape by studying the, the gospel and how yeah, good would, how, how good would this podcast be or our lives be if we didn't read anything about the armor of God and we didn't open our Bible not one single time? 
it, right. it wouldn't. There would be nothing. We would have nothing to talk about. And so if we're not studying the Bible and preparing, then what kind of Christian lives are we living? We're not. Uh, that's exactly right. What I was going to say a minute ago was uh, when I was in the military, they taught us the most important part of our body is our feet. Right. You, you take care of your feet. You keep them dry. You keep them clean. You keep them healthy. Mm-hmm. Without that, you're, you're screwed. Right. Above all, taking the shield of faith. All right. The shield of faith. And we are talking about faith in Jesus Christ. We are talking about faith in the death, burial, and resurrection. We are talking about faith in the word of God, period. You know, without faith, nothing else matters. Nothing, nothing else. You're not going to be able to do anything with anything else. So your faith is your shield. So when the Satan attacks you and he's going to attack you, you got to have faith that God's got your back. He's going to get you through it yet. So I've said it before, you know, uh, people say God never give you anything more than you can handle. I don't think that's true. He will. He'll never give you anything more than he can handle. Exactly. That's where the faith in God comes from. You know, if you ain't got money, you're about to get kicked out. You're, you're, you're going to be homeless. Can't pay your rent. God will provide. It says in, in Matthew that God will provide, you know, God provides for the birds of the field. How much more are you than them? And th- this comes down to faith, just having faith, having faith in your protection, having faith in being provided for, having faith that your God and creator loves you. I mean, for me, it's an outstanding thought that when I get on my knees and pray at night, that my creator, the creator of the whole universe, hears me. He hears my words and he responds to my words. I mean, that, that is just an awesome thing to me. I'm, I'm, I am that important to him. I, you know, you're that important. Everyone listening to this is that important to him. Right. That when he was dying on the cross, he thought of me. That's right. Yep. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Yep. Fantastic. And the other thing, and we kind of touched on this, but the shield is meant to be protection. You know, you're supposed to be able to hide behind it. And so when those arrows from the enemy are bearing down on you and Satan's launching all of his best attacks at you, you can kind of hide behind that shield, that shield of, you can hide behind your faith and it'll protect you. Yeah. Have you ever seen, um, I haven't seen it in years, but I've seen it a lot when I was little, the poem, the footprints. Yeah. About two uh, sets of footprints. And then, uh, you know, when a guy reached a hard point in his life and he looked back and said, there was only one set of footprints and said, Lord, why, why is there only one? Why were you not beside me? He said, that's when I was carrying. So that, that is that shield. Mm -hmm. That is, yeah, there's nothing wrong with running and hiding behind God. He, He is our heavenly dad. And my dad can beat up your dad kind of thing. And you know, <laughs> nothing wrong with running to daddy right. and saying, I need some help. Exactly. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. So without salvation, well, you're going to go to hell. So, you know, I keep saying this is important. This is important. There's, I don't think there's any one set of the piece of armor that's more important than the other. They're all equally important, but they're all extra important in their own, in their own right. So the helmet of salvation, if you don't have salvation, if you don't know Christ as your savior, then nothing, none of this other stuff's going to matter either because you're not going to understand the word of God. You're not going to understand studying for the word of God. You're not going to understand living a righteous life. You're not going to understand the truth and what is the Holy scripture. You know, God, calls us but he doesn't reveal to us until we've accepted him and that acceptance is through salvation and by the way if there's anybody that listens to this that is not saved or you're worried about being saved you feel more than free to uh to reach out to me or kyle oh absolutely shoot me a dm we, we, we would we would be more than happy to take the time to talk with you phone call text message zoom absolutely. you know I'll, I'll talk to you anyway but yeah, obviously the helmet of salvation, it, it protects your head. It protects your thoughts. Your salvation is back to being this new creature. When you become that new creature, you begin to think differently. And I think that's the uh, metaphor with it being the helmet itself. Well, another thing is you can, you can take body shots, right? You can, you like, 
if you get in a fight and somebody's trying to trying to kill you, you can take a couple of body shots and maybe you'll get lucky and they won't especially, get any vital organs. Especially me and my size. <laughs> but if they come for your head, you're you're pretty much done. You know, a headshot's enough to kill you. Yeah. Salvation, put that helmet on. It's protecting your head. It's protecting your most important parts. Now, how did uh, David take down Goliath? A stone to the head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I read an article. This has been a couple of years ago. A guy, two guys got in a bar fight. And one guy punched the other guy and killed him. Just, just a normal punch. But it just hit him just right that it internally decapitated him. Wow. So, yeah, all it takes is one headshot. Right. To just To just end your world. Right. We kind of already talked about it, but the sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is my favorite one. So the so the spirit, obviously, we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, uh, you know, I got a, I got a book here. Hold on a second. And, of course, I can't find it when I'm looking for it. Um, now, here we go. As soon as I give up on it. There's a book that I want to recommend to you and anybody else by Dr. Jack Hiles. It's called Meet the Holy Spirit. And this book is entirely on just understanding what the Holy Spirit is. Because I think the Spirit is something that is uh, misunderstood. Who did you say the author was? It is uh, Dr. Jack Hiles, H-Y-L-E-S. Got it. So, you know, you just give you an idea. We got some, the Holy Spirit and Christ-likeness, the fullness of the Spirit, the prayer of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit. So it goes into liberty of the Spirit, Spirit-filled listening, sensitivity of the Spirit. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful book. So this, the Holy Spirit is an amazing thing and, and it's something that people don't think about. And, and I re, I've reminded my kids, I was like, you know, the apostles after Christ ascended back to heaven, they healed the sick. They raised the dead. They performed the miracles that Christ performed. They did it in Christ's name. Right. But, it wasn't anything that they personally did. Right. It was in Christ's name and it was the Holy spirit that gave them the power to do it. Depending on which theological circles you're in, some people say it was the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead on the third day, in that third part of the Trinity. So, um, and I remind my kids, I say, you know, that that Holy Spirit, when you become saved, you get indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So the same Spirit that gives the power to heal and raise the dead and to speak and understand in tongues, and I'm not talking about Pentecostal tongues where you got to have an interpreter. I mean, you know, when on, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter spoke, everybody heard him in their own language. So that, that that's speaking in tongues, scripturally. I don't want to make any Pentecostals mad. We can talk about that privately. <laughs> but uh, so my great-grandpa was Pentecostal holiness preacher. So I was raised in that, so it's not going there. I'll stick with the Baptists. But uh, as there was a Holy Spirit, to think about it, Holy Spirit that indwells you is the same Holy Spirit that indwelt the apostles as the Comforter that Christ sent to us. And Christ called him the Comforter. I must go so that the Comforter may come. This Holy Spirit, this power, this power of God on earth is your sword. This Holy Spirit is the, the reason you can say, get thee behind me, Satan, and he flees from you. Mm-hmm. That is, that's not you. That is the power of the Holy Spirit itself. So Christ talked about if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds, you could say to this mountain, move, and it would move. And that's the Holy Spirit as, as a power that we all have inside of us. But nobody today has the faith to fully embrace what the Holy Spirit could give to us. 
Uh, I think that's just been lost over the, the millennia since Christ left. Nobody sees miracles anymore. Nobody has that level of faith anymore. And even though I know what I know and I can tell you what I know, it's still hard to conjure that level of faith in the spirit. But back to the sword, the devil has to flee from you. You or I can go and exercise a house if you know what you're doing and you're well-read and you're living righteously and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. We, we do have the powers, and some of those powers are still expressed today. You know, the Catholics, they're, they're pros at exercising demons. You know, this is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Is the sword is the sword against darkness. No demon, no devil, Satan himself, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, cannot stand against you when you use the Holy Spirit against him. That's right. I think it's interesting that God only gave us one tool out of the whole armor that we can strike back with. And that is his, his word, his word and his Holy spirit. I don't know. I just thought that that's interesting that, that the, out of everything that we can actually fight back, like everything else is protecting us. This is the only thing that is allowing us to strike back at the devil. And it is his Holy Spirit. It's it's him. It's part of the and, Trinity. And 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 that's right because we are we are nothing. Christ right. said, "I'll send you. I'll send you out as sheep among wolves. They will hate you and they will kill you and they will persecute you." So God, what God wants from us is complete and total faith in Him. He wants our worship. He wants our dedication. He wants our faith. Mm-hmm. Those two tools being the word and the spirit require us to have faith and depend on God 100%. So it, the tools are powerful. They are all powerful and the darkness cannot stand against it, but it requires us to fully give ourselves to him, completely turn it over to him. Yeah, no, no human wants to do that. No man wants to do that. We're tough. We can take care of ourselves. We can get through anything. So it, it, it's, it's our tool, it's our weapon, but it also requires discipline. Right, right. So this dude that I follow, I actually just recently followed him. I just found him on Twitter. Pursuit of Manliness, you know him? Yeah. I think it's at Pursue Manliness on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He, he tweeted today, and I firmly believe that God puts people on earth to send us thoughts and to, and like he might give me an idea to give to you and you, he might give you an idea to give to me. But anyway, Pursuit of Manliness tweeted today and it fit perfectly with this message. So first Samuel 17 verses 38 and 39. And it's about David is giving um, Saul, not the same Saul from, from last week, but Saul who was the king, king in the Saul. old Testament. Right. So David is giving him his armor and it, verse 39 says, and David girded up, girded his sword upon his armor and he essayed to go for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, actually, okay, Saul's given David the armor. My bad. It's the other way around. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. So I just thought it was interesting that like, and the, the armor shows up in the Old Testament also where your armor is not going to be good enough for me. My armor is not going to be good enough for you. So your faith will not get me through my battles and my right. faith will not get you through your battles. We have to build our own armor and establish our own armor, establish our own faith, our own salvation, our own everything. Right. As just like um, good medieval times and knights of old, their armor was made just for them. Right. It was handcrafted to them, measured to them, it fitted them. I couldn't go wear another knight's armor and it fit me and protect me the same way. Right, there ain't no hand-me-downs over here. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's a great point. We all have to, we can support each other. We absolutely should support each other. Right. And we For should sure. stand, and, and if you're having a hard time, if the devil's attacking you, come to me. I will stand shoulder to shoulder, we'll draw our swords together and fight back. But, that's all I can do is support you. 
You right. you have to don your own armor. You have to draw your own sword. Right. You have to have your own faith, your own salvation, your own your own pre- uh, feet shy with the preparation of the gospel, your own righteousness, your own truth, your own everything. You have to have your establish your own. You can't rely on me. You can't rely on Joseph. You can't rely on Daddy. You can't rely on Mommy. You can't. You have to establish your own. That's right. I thought that was a perfect timing because I was just sitting there at dinner reading Pursuit of Manliness and there his tweet was. Made me think. Well, there's some there's some guys on Twitter that uh they really throw out some spiritual stuff and they don't even realize what they're doing. Right. But I've had uh Pursuit of Manliness has been one of them. Phil Laconic has been one of them. Even Roman McClay with sanctions, he he's said some stuff before that's like left me scratching my head going, you know, that's that's a heck of a thought. I actually used the saying of his in a sermon the other day. Of all people, the author of Sanction in a sermon. But uh no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's been you, kind of my catchphrase for it. Like whenever people ask me about it, there's a lot of God in Sanction. <laughs> there is. There's a lot of God. There, there's there's a lot of other stuff, but there's a lot of God in Sanction. Mm-hmm. You know, uh you know, a little shout out for Roman here, book two came out today. Oh no, it's not out yet. I've it's been steady yet. I've been steady refreshing my phone. My my Amazon. I gotta I gotta talk to Nathan then. Still hands. <laughs> yeah. I've been He's, I've been giving Jans a hard time on there. <laughs> it was supposed to be out today, but and he, he supposedly hit publish, but it's not showing up. Yeah, as of right now, eight forty nine PM Eastern time. Sanction book two is not out. And at Steel Jans, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there, there's, there's so many people on Twitter that, uh, they're, they're better than me. They knew more than me. They knew more than you, probably us put together. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think I mentioned it in our very first podcast ever, and I will say it again now, you know, I don't know what all platforms this streams across, what you publish it to, but you know, if you're not on Twitter or you don't follow us on Twitter, you know, give it a try. Because you and I both talk to some very interesting people, mm-hmm. some very spiritual people. Yeah. And uh I think you and I both have uh have uh cut the fat off of the meat when it comes to who we who we talk with and who we associate with and mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good guys, you know, Adam, Adam Lane Smith. He doesn't like being called just Adam Smith. <laughs> Something about a Scottish author. Yeah, you never heard of Adam Smith, the, the yeah. author? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, but I give him a hard time about it. So he's like, it's Adam Lane Smith. But uh, AdamLaneSmith.com. If you want some Christian fiction, that's really good books. He's He's got some really great stuff out there. He just uh, published his newest book, what, yesterday? They hit yeah, Amazon. They, yeah, the other day. So, uh, so look, y'all, everybody listen to this. There, there's so many tools out there. There's so many options. There's so many people you can go to. You know, like uh, we got the questions we answered at the beginning of the podcast. Anybody's welcome to reach out to us for anything. And we'll answer it the best we can. And if we don't know the answer, I'll be the first one to tell you, I, I ain't got no idea. I actually had to study on uh, the whole Paul and the devil over three days it was like they gave me some thought they gave me something to, to do a little bit of studying on mm-hmm. so i enjoy that I, I like getting challenged like that right and i by no means claim to be the best follow on twitter i'm not but the people that i follow are the best po- followers that's what i'm saying <laughs> right my friends just, on twitter are some of the best people on earth yep and uh then you got in then we got to get in the going meeting in real life mm-hmm you know, I'm eating uh, Jeff Putnam next month, or wait, it's September, two months from now, for uh, Rugged Legacy. That's awesome. Literally, I'm going to be an hour from his house for a week. <laughs> I told him, I was like, we got to hang out. So that's something that uh, you and I need to do sometime. One of mm-hmm. us needs to make our way to the other region. <laughs> so first step's Twitter, second step is video calls, and, and then we take yep. it from there. Yep. But... uh Brother, I've been, I've enjoyed this talk. I've enjoyed this discussion. 
Me too. I think this is the easiest one that we've done so far because like all the other ones I'm kind of stressed like oh do I really know this do I not know this but this one's really been easy you know. As as a born again Christian you know this it does just flow for you it comes natural because you're you already have this. Right. You know the level warfare is every single day. You know whether you got level one armor or you got level 200 armor it depends on the, the walk you have in life but it's something we all all have, and it's something we all understand. Definitely. Well, you got anything else about it? No, I'm good. All right, sounds good. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? All right, I'm jdmanley18 at twitter.com. I will have a uh, website come, being posted here soon, trailsthroughcross.com. I'll let y'all know when that gets finalized and put up. Very good. Did you start a new podcast? Tell the people about that. I did. Okay, so I kind of started a new podcast. It was episode one was two minutes long. it was like a minute and 41 seconds long but uh starting hopefully on mondays i'm gonna it's still biblical based it's still what we're talking about now but i i, I literally want to start in genesis 1 1 and have just read through the bible and just talk about it chapter to chapter you know mm-hmm. different different stories and how it can relate to our lives and, and i basically want to do a bible read through and i encourage anybody to join me because I'm literally going to open my Bible and begin reading the verses. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about them afterwards, but it's a great way for anybody that's ever wanted to read through their Bible and just hasn't, you know, let's you know, come join the journey with me. We're, we're just going to read the Bible. Very good. Hopefully, what was it again? Trails to the cross. Yeah. Trails to the cross is the name of it. Uh, hopefully I get to the point where I can start having guests on and, and uh, talking to some other people and, I'll probably bug you at some point to come on and talk with me. And oh, absolutely. I'd love to. I'm going to try to get Adam Smith on and give me a Catholic perspective. <laughs> Sounds good. So I'm at Kyle underscore Moonlight on Twitter, KyleMoonlight.com. Um, that's all I got. Unless you got anything, I'll say a prayer and we'll end it. I'm good, brother. Pray away. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come talk today. Um. God's spiritual warfare is a big aspect in all of our lives. Satan's coming at us every single day. God, I pray that you help us to protect us from that, help us to put on the armor and do be able to fight him according to your will and not our will, Lord. And God, I pray that throughout our Christian walk, our Christian lives, we don't take things in our own hands, God, but we let, we let you handle them. And God, I want to pray for Joseph and pray for, for everybody listening god i pray that you be with with all of us throughout our our week and until next week in jesus name amen amen brother